there's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kenneth Head Road, Darnley. Let's go! Well, remember that date, the 23rd of January 2023, provided the biggest shock in the 150 years of the Scottish Cup. Darville. Junior club, as we know, here in the west of Scotland, East Ayrshire, did the impossible. John Hartson, have you ever seen anything like it? Beating Aberdeen, there's, what, six divisions between them. First of all, I know you want to pay tribute to Darville. Unbelievable. Uh, Mick Kennedy, the manager, I saw his, um, you know, I, I saw his speech. It, yeah. it was really inspiring before the players went out, but... Listen, I've given many of inspiring speeches. But how did and that I'm, rank, John? You've you know you've played under some of the great managers. Amazing. Did, did it touch you before the game? Oh, I did. Yeah, it did. I thought he got his players right up for the game. They all knew what the what their jobs and their roles were. But it was an incredible shock. I thought they were one and up at half time, and I'm thinking, well, surely Aberdeen will create two or three opportunities and get an equaliser. Um, but credit to Darvell, I thought the crowd, were, you know, the, the the stadium, the small stadium yeah. down there was rocking. Uh, they face Falkirk now. Um, Stephen's team sitting next to me, Steve McGinn's team. Yeah. Uh, in the next round, it's at Darvell. So, you know, I'm sure they'd fancy their chances again and Stephen's going to tell me otherwise. Stephen, yeah, this time last night, Mick was on the show. He's coming back on tonight. We're just speaking to his agents now. I'm kidding about the agents thing. Stephen, who would have thought it? You must have thought it's probably going to be Aberdeen in a few weeks' time, but it's Darville. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't want to show any disrespect no. after the way they played last night. Um, it's going to be a real test for us going down there, but just, I mean, when the draw comes out, you're thinking Aberdeen awaits. Um, the logistics of it and being a father of two, you're thinking, you're telling the wife, right, I'll be away that Friday night because we'll be an overnight Aberdeen. And then yeah. 10, 15 minutes into the game, you're thinking, hold on a minute, this is a, this is a real cup tie. This is really competitive. And to be fair to Darville, they didn't have 11 men behind the back uh, uh, behind the ball and, and nick a goal and hang on they, they, they imposed themselves and Aberdeen really took the game to them and uh, were they winners on the night and for Aberdeen well we'll talk Jim Good when there's no word today Dave Cormack was there you know dead centre just next to the tunnel he was there you couldn't miss him could you with the, the coat and the white shirt and the red tie a few of the directors Craig Brown as well but the owner delayed going back to America nobody wants to see a manager lose his job is there a way back for Jim? John, do you think that he could? The home record's been good, but the away record has been horrendous. And he did say, you know, humiliated. He's had to say it a few times now. You yeah. feel for him. What do you think? Can Jim survive? Well, I hope he does. Yeah. Listen, I'm, I'm not a party to, to the sure. results. I don't watch Aberdeen every week. But all I know is the game has become a results business. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, in the last nine games, they've had one win, one draw and seven defeats. They've lost to what the bottom club were at the time, Kilmarnock. They went out to the Scottish Cup last night to, to, to a team uh, six leagues lower than them. I think Jim, uh, you know, he needs he needs a proper conversation with the owner, with the chairman, mm. and I think both of them need need to sit down and think. Well, where where's Aberdeen going? Is he taking the club forward? 
what his intentions are. Um, you know, I, I don't yeah. like to see any any manager lose his job. Um, but you know, I think it's a results business, and and I think on the back of this, the last nine games, I think Jim would be lucky. Um, you know, if he was to get, um, if he was to continue in the job. But again, as I said, the reason why I say that is because uh, it's a results business, and if you're not winning games, yeah. all right, they're still in fourth. They're only, you know, they're just, uh, yeah. they're, they're, they're quite a way behind Hearts. But they've got um, Hibs this weekend. You wonder, will Hibs. he be there? We, they're they're we, fourth yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the league, but, uh, yeah. you know, uh, their their job, Aberdeen's job is to challenge for third and, and, and things like this. You know, Celtic and Rangers are difficult to catch, as we all know, but... You know, as well, being behind Hearts, I know Hearts are a decent season. They've got the top goal scorer in the league, by the way, in Shankland. That always Along helps. With, yep. Yeah, when you when yep. you got goal scorers in your team. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't want to say, I like no. Jim. I've had many conversations with him. He's a really good guy. But being a good guy, if you're not getting results, mm. sometimes it'll, um, you know, you'll suffer for that. There'll be a few hangovers, I would imagine, in East Ayrshire today. Stephen? Yeah, so, um, obviously, a few ex-teammates of mine are part of the Davo team. Um and I, and I saw they and they continued the party well into the night in Glasgow City Centre. So fair play to them. I mean, some of them, I mean, some of them have I've played with, been successful with. Uh, the, the goal scorer Jordan Kirkpatrick and Ian McShane were both part of the championship winning team for St. Martin. So delighted for them. And um, as you say, like they've had the knocks in football. They they've went down to Davo. They've got themselves full time jobs during the day, and but they're still capable of producing performances like last night it didn't shock me to see the way they went about John Kirkpatrick scored a lot of goals over the years in the lower leagues in Scotland so you give them, give give these boys a chance they've got the quality to hurt you, you you could see that they they didn't panic you know even because one up you'd think charge of the light brigade from Aberdeen but at no time sure Aberdeen there was a goal of course that was chalked off when you see the replay he was clearly on site yeah I mean, I, mean um, I think We've we've been getting stuck into VAR yeah. over the last few weeks about all its faults, but I think when you see uh, a, a decision like that, a human error, I yeah. think it was human error. It's, he's well on side, but it could lead to someone losing his job. I think that's when uh, VAR becomes a solution to that type of problem. I mean, that been clearly on side. The goal would have been given. Aberdeen probably win on the night, um, but. What it looked like in the performance, Aberdeen looked shot to pieces. They looked, mm -hmm. um, I know we spoke about not moving the balls uh, fast enough. And Yeah, I was asking you just before, why were they so slow? It's it's just the fear of, it's the, I mean, quite uh, throughout, you could hear the Aberdeen fans getting quite upset and yeah. the booing. And, mm -hmm. and it's not for a lack of trying. I mean, I think Aberdeen really prepared for the game. They played a really strong team. They went after Davo, but it's just, especially once he went behind, it's that little bit of doubt you get, John, isn't it? When you you think, if I give that in there and I give it away, mm. they're going to be after me, he's going to... And what, it is, and what it is as well, I say a lot of the time, when you go a goal behind, you're waiting. You're waiting for one of your players to produce something special mm -hmm. just to get you out of jail, just to get you out of trouble for that night. Yeah. But then you wait, it doesn't quite happen. That, that, that team, the shape... Uh, the what you've been working on goes out to the window because you're all starting that panic sinks in. Oh my God, what 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 sort of headlines will we get if we lose this? You know, rather than than, than just take it as if it's an as if it's a league game, if you like. Yeah. Um. But no, no. We spoke about at the beginning of the show, Jim Goodwin and Aberdeen, and but credit to Darville. Oh, you know, yeah, sure. give them the the of huge course. credit. Yeah. The manager set them up. They played with no fear. You know, they went at Aberdeen, they got mm. the lead and they, they hang on to the lead. Not just hang on, 
but they could yeah. have scored a couple of other goals. I saw the last ten minutes and the way that they were they were pressing, they were winning free kicks. It was really clever as well by the players. See some of the headlines today, the same headlines in a few of the top papers, Darvelous, as in marvellous. So the subs have obviously thought the same thing. We will speak to Mick Kennedy, who joined us this time last week. I'll tell you, he was right about the pitch as well. He said, wait till you see it. Barry was raving about it beforehand, Barry Ferguson. And uh, Mick mentioned Hamden after the, the state it was in at the semi-finals just a couple of weeks ago. Any thoughts on the game? Give us a call. You can speak to John Hartson, who's uh, gone all the way to Wembley and he's gone to many cup finals at Hamden. So what do you think? 0808 17 17 700. And Stephen McGinn, the Falkirk captain, in the spotlight, you're up against Darvel. We're going to talk about the game as well. Elsewhere, we're going to hear from Todd Cantwell tonight, the newest, the first Michael Beale signing. And we're going to speak to him. We'll hear from him shortly. And uh, Nicholas Raskin has agreed a, a move to Ibrox. But yeah, Mick Kennedy joins us now on the line. Mick, good evening, or is it good morning? Are you just up? <laughs> I, I wish I was just yeah. up. I've been up and on the go before thing this morning. But good evening, guys. Good evening, Mick. Good evening, Mick evening. Do we have to go through your agents now? I'm just—I was joking on air there, Mick. What a 24 hours! You kicked it off for us this time last night, and we spoke about it. And the guys thought it would be a narrow Aberdeen win, but John and Stephen have just said all credit to Darvel. Phenomenal performance. Yeah, I, I think that's probably why I, I, I've been really happy in terms of. Obviously, the outcome of the game, obviously, it's a massive, a massive achievement to beat one of the top clubs in the country. That was probably more happy in terms of how we played and we were brave and imposed our own style and philosophy on the game. That was really important to me. I felt as if we had any sort of chance in the game, it was important that we were after Aberdeen and tried to make sure we dominated the ball as much as we possibly could. The same sort of philosophy we play when we can reach out. And I felt for last parts we've done that. Maybe the later st stages maybe we struggled a little bit in terms of fitness, but for last parts, I thought the guys played really well. Yeah, there was a calmness about your team despite the fact, the enormity of the game and the support you had from the people in Darville. I think everyone in the village and town was there. Yeah, it's only a population of just under 4,000. I think we sold roughly about 2,500 tickets, so there was quite a significant number of fans within, within the ground, obviously. And yeah, there, there's a degree of calmness within the group because I think they trust one another, they trust the process, they trust how we play week in, week out. I think they're in, they're in an environment where a positive environment and encouraged to be brave and express themselves and if it doesn't work out then the reality is I take responsibility for that so but to do it in that stage against that level of opposition it was it was obviously a joy to watch so I'm going to hand you over to Stephen McGinn the Falkirk captain but first to John Hartson and John the first thing you and I said was about Mick's speech beforehand you don't often get the cameras in the dressing room I did it no. some years ago on the radio to get in the dressing room well, but people don't see that and no. hear it what about that well, speech Mick, first of all well done great performance um, Cheers, I, John. I was going to I was actually going to tape your speech last night because I do a lot of after dinner speaking and there's <laughs> some you know the, the reaction you got from the players was, was fantastic um, so well done on that you really got them going I know you can give speeches and it can go wrong but I thought the way that they listened and the way they carried out the plan and everything else was brilliant. Just in terms of you said, Mick, there, that I know there was a maximum crowd in, la in uh, last night. In terms of playing Falkirk now and they're in the next round, there'll be a demand. I'm sure there'll be a demand from the Falkirk away support and obviously more people in, that live in Darville or just outside Darville. Mm -hmm. Will you look to, to, to sort of get a stand or something in, a temporary stand, just just to appease some more of the local people to get more fans in on the night? Yeah, I, I think you know, 
and these are in the reality is we'll try and mm. get as many in the ground as possible. John, that was but the was Aberdeen game. We wanted to ensure we keep the, the game and the community and the club and, and the town and that was a massive part of what we done last night. Mm. And the Benes are probably go to Robbie Park. It's probably also from a commercial perspective as well. But we wanted to make sure that we kept the game in the hometown and that'll be the same against Falkirk but if there's an opportunity to, to, to maximise that and get everybody in then I'm sure we'll endeavour to do that Well your approach now against Falkirk who are um, who obviously are, are, are a couple of leagues down um, will will your approach be different to Aberdeen in terms of how you set up uh, will you watch Falkirk and then and then take it from there No I will obviously spend some time watching Falkirk over the next couple of weeks but no, we'll approach the game the exact same way we, we approached it against Aberdeen. The same way we approach every week, to be fair, John. We'll try yeah. and go and impose our philosophy or style of play on the day, and then ultimately it'll be down to how successful we can be do that, but nothing will change in terms of approach. Brilliant. Stephen, when you next meet, it'll be at the game in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, I actually bumped into Mick at Coyers uh, in Glasgow last week, and I wished him all the best for Monday, not thinking that a pass <laughs> would uh, meet in a competitive sense in a couple of weeks. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but I, I just uh, congratulations, Mac. Um, obviously, I speak to a, a few of the boys. Obviously, Maca was a good friend of mine. Uh, Ian McShane from a time at St Marne, and he, and he does speak about how much he enjoys playing the football. And when you start to drop down the leagues, it can be a problem that you're playing some clubs and some managers that don't play football. And and, and that was the best. I really enjoyed watching your team last night. And and you're thinking if you give this team. Uh, space that they can hurt you with the ball and it's it's not like a traditional game maybe a few years back when you draw in against a junior team or team from lower yeah. down the league you think this is going to be a physical battle Davo are going to make us work for it with, with the ball Mick yeah listen that's exactly it but it was the same when we went to Montrose as well and we obviously won 5-2 pretty comfortable but the reality is again we dominated possession and listen that's that's my absolute belief in philosophy and how football should be played so we worked really hard on it and uh, as I say, we'll try that. I actually think, in a strange sort of way, the game against Falkirk will be more difficult than the game against Aberdeen. Uh, so, but um, listen, man, because you're the favourites now after your performance. Well, that was what I was about to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so, uh, aye, so, but we'll, we'll, listen, we're looking forward to it. It's another home tie. Uh, the surface at Davos you've probably seen last <sighs> night have a really, really high standard. To be fair. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be a great occasion, I'm sure. Mick, will you give the players a treat now? Will you take them to a spa or something or have a, have a golf day? Uh, you know, in terms of you know lifting them up and rewarding them and then obviously bringing them back down to earth to, to carry on your top of the league, you're going great guns in the league and obviously then to prepare for the home Scottish Cup tie against Falkirk. How do you bring them down? And obviously, as I said, will, will you reward them at all? John, I need to try and find them first. They're scattered all over the <laughs> Once I get the location, then I'll, then I'll need to get a plan to bring them back to the earth, mate. You're definitely right. Yeah, brilliant, mate. That's a great question from John Hartson, international superstar and players union. Just checking you look after the players. You can see the bond <laughs> that he's got with the... I mean, I, I can't help but you feel for Jim Goodwin as well. The disconnect there, and it must be tough. There's no word today about what's happening to Jim. The chairman was there. Did you speak? You spoke briefly afterwards. I know Jim, when he was interviewed, Mick, First thing was, he said, credit to Darvel. They deserved it. So he could have said, you know, about the offside decision. He didn't do any of that. He gave credit to your team. No, listen, it was great after it was great after the game and after the game. It was very respectful, very humble as well, obviously. 
probably a great situation for him as well, probably after the last two performances and games as well. Uh, he's obviously under immense pressure, unfortunately. Uh, also, to be fair to Dave as well, Dave came to me after the game. They were actually just sitting directly behind me during the game, and he came, came to me after the game as well. He congratulated us and said we deserving winners, but, uh, aye, so, which was really nice of both of them, to be fair. I joked this time last night, if you win, would you be interested in the job at Everton? So we had a, a kind of joke about it. But here's somebody on the line wants to congratulate you. Um, a Celtic fan who was on last night, Navid. But Navid, you predicted this win. Uh, yes, I predicted it. Well done to the manager and the team. Uh, they played well. I watched the game. And uh, I predicted it. I think it'll be a, a Darvog Celtic Cup final. Oh, Stephen McGinn right Stephen take him on on you go <laughs> uh, yeah. no Navid uh, yeah. I totally agree with you as well as I said I enjoyed watching the game last night and it yeah. wasn't Davo definitely didn't just sit back and, and so I mean they did as Mick said last 10-15 minutes they were putting their bodies on the line but really took the game to them in, in such a, a a good way and really really enjoyed their performance and Mick nah. you'd want to mention your goalkeeper sorry Chris Trisdale did so well yeah, listen, he's, he's such a talented kid, Chris. Listen, at 16 years of age, he was offered a, a full-time contract with Hamilton in the Premier League and they refused it to, to study to be an ethical engineer, uh, which is obviously a very brave decision at that age. And so, but he's an exceptional talent. I, I generally honestly believe he's one of the best goalkeepers uh, up until probably the championship in this country. You've probably seen last night, he's such a gift to keep up with the ball. He's so brave. Uh, uh, yeah, he's, he's a real talent. Navid, are you still on? Yep, he is. Yeah, I'm still on, John. It's a pleasure to speak to you. No, and you, mate. Listen, you couldn't give us your lottery numbers this weekend, could you? <laughs> how, how, how? <laughs> Navid, can, can you just make a case? 17. Brilliant, hey. brilliant for Darvo. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely magnificent. Yeah. And we have the manager on, which is great tonight as well. Um, but how, what made you predict that, um, that, that yeah. Darville would beat Aberdeen? What, what, what made you even think about that? I said it last night, I just think the players uh, are not playing for the manager, that's the bottom line. The mm. manager's going to get the sack for, for, the lack, for the lack of effort from the players. Mm. End of the day, they're employees, they've got to give effort, you know? Well, we hope he doesn't get the sack, but it must be really difficult and it wouldn't yeah. be. It's some I prediction, mean, now, I've got to say Yeah, that. it was, indeed. Yeah. Mick, before you go, two quick things. Uh, the pitch itself, you did touch on it last night, Barry mentioned it, it's magnificent. Mm. Can you give advice to Hamden? How do you manage to get it in such good condition after such bad weather? We invest, we invest a lot of money for a new surface down uh, probably about two years ago because obviously, we, as you've seen last night, we try and get the ball down and yeah. play, play a proper brand of attractive football. So it's impl- and, and then we've got full-time grounds that will pay our, our company full-time to come in and look after it. Of course, yeah, of course it's a fair bit of money, but it's important to us that we're on the playing a good surface. It's also important in terms of attracting and retaining players as well, so there's other benefits to it. But no, you're right, it's, it's one of the, at this level, it's only across football in this country, it's one of the top surfaces in the country. And finally, from me, Mick, did you get any sleep last night? Could you switch off? What did you do after the game? I, I went in town with the boys for an hour and a half. Uh, uh, then I, the, the problem is they were all out with their tracksuits on, I was dressed like a school teacher. So I made the. Uh, <laughs> I made I made the decision to go home and leave them to it. So, uh, so yeah, I got I I think I I did sleep, but I've been on. I mean, I've, I've spoken yeah. to so many media outlets today, so it's been it's been a long day. But uh, yeah, so I'm sure that I'll, I'll get a good sleep tonight. 
Mick, I just want to say, mate, enjoy everything that comes your way. It's a wonderful uh, result last night beating a, a premiership side. I can't wish you too much well done because mm-hmm. young McGinn is sitting yeah. next to me here. I know he's got yeah. other ideas. But uh, all the very best, mate, and uh, congratulations to you and your team once again. Thank you, John. You're a gentleman, mate. Thank you. And Stephen? Yeah, cheers, Mick. Well done again, and I'll see you in a couple of weeks. What did he have in, in Coyle? Yeah. Was, was he eating much, Mick? Did Stephen... Did he get tore in? Is he a big eater at Coyle's Cafe? I need, to, I need to change up the restaurant the next time. Yeah. <laughs> Mick, th- <laughs> thanks so much. Good luck, Arthur, late the weekend. Take care. Have a good evening. Cheers, Cheers Mick. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, for, thanks very much. He's absolutely brilliant. And Navid, thanks yeah. for coming on there. He would appreciate that to come on, who was on yesterday evening. Uh, he's absolutely brilliant with the media and his speech. And he talked about love around the club as well. Do you remember during lockdown, everyone says we all need to be a bit kinder and all that, and we all agree, yeah. and then they all forget it, and we're, we're raging in the car, we're raging in the shops, we're a bit, a bit of love, a bit of kindness around the place. Absolutely. I, I and like go, his... and going for a couple, yeah. a couple of drinks as well with the team. That's, That's great. great, you know, because <laughs> at that level, I suppose, you're not exposed so yeah. much, you know, in terms of... You couldn't see Martin O'Neill coming into Jinty McGinty's with the Celtic players after we'd won a big game or something like that. But Did he not? Are you uh, sure? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> but um, no, as, as, that's why I said to Mick there to enjoy everything that comes his way because it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen too often that a team in the sixth tier or sixth lower, yeah, you know, sure. down yeah. that beat a Premiership team, a Premiership team that are fourth in the Scottish Premiership as well, a huge club in Aberdeen, big, yeah. big fan base. And you know um, their expectations, John, you had yeah, so many. Listen, um, 40 years ago this year, I know it's a while ago, yeah. they were uh, European winners, the Cup Winners' Cup, 1983. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's, it's a massive club. And they took club. on yep. Saligan Rangers, they, they won... Yeah. They won leagues under Sir Alex and they got to the, you know, they won the, uh, yeah. was it the Cup Winners' Cup? It was the Cup Winners' Cup, Cup in Gothenburg. Yeah. They were the number and one team had, in the country. They had, they had proper yeah. players. Of course. They had real good players, yeah. Aberdeen, under the great Sir Alex Ferguson as well. So yeah. it's a marvellous win. Mm. And that's why I said it doesn't happen every year no. that you get big, big shocks like this. Yeah. So enjoy it. Enjoy the press. Enjoy all the, you know, everything that's going to yeah. come to you in terms of um, the TV rights and everything else and... You know, um, yep. so that's why I said, make sure you enjoy it. Don't mm. let it pass you by. Great start. Our executive producer, James, last night said, let's get Mick Kennedy on the phone, on the programme. And that was inspired at the start of it because at five o'clock last night, we had him on and uh, he's in the headlines everywhere. So Stephen, we'll talk more about it later in the programme because also who is the favourite for that one? It's such a the romance around Darvel, but you heard him saying uh, he would, it's probably more difficult even to play Falkirk because you are, uh, okay, not in the same division as the Premiership, but well, we know what you can do, Stephen, and others as well. It's going to be fascinating. Right, we're going to hear, remember, remember we used to talk Old Firm and Rangers and Celtic? We're going to have uh, Todd Cantwell, we'll hear from him and uh, the latest on Celtic signings. That's coming next. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kenneth Head Road, Darnley. Let's go! Thanks to Chris for the traffic and travel. Paul Cooney, John Harson, and Stephen McGinn. The first section there dominated by Darvel. It's the biggest shock in the near 150 years of the Scottish Cups. The first time, well I won't say the first time, but for a Premiership top team to lose to a junior team, albeit with massive ambition and talent, it's never happened before. I mean, I know we've talked to but Berwick Rangers beat the mighty Glasgow Rangers many, many years ago. That was a huge one. Um, yeah, John, I know, well, 
Inverness when Inverness yeah, goal. Yeah, I got beat. Yeah. Well, we beat Liverpool on the Thursday night to put us into the semi-final of yeah. the UEFA. of the uh, UEFA Cup, and uh, we went to Inverness. We flew direct to Inverness from Liverpool um, the next day. I think it was that was the Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, like the Europa right. League now, they're played on a Thursday, Sunday. You went up on and a Friday morning. And then we drew Inverness yeah. in the Scottish Cup and Martin O'Neill made 10 changes. Mm. And I think I was on the bench. Um, so talk about going from high yeah. to, to low and bringing you back down to earth. We got beat 1-0 away at Livingston. Cold Sunday afternoon, 10 changes. And um, that was probably my, my biggest, uh, you know, the one that um, got the giant killing act, if you like. Yeah, you were the giant. Yeah, yeah. I was a giant. And um, and obviously uh, for Luton, we got to the, we knocked out the mighty Newcastle. Oof, wow. um, yeah. Kevin Keegan's Newcastle, mm-hmm. Andy Cole, uh, Andy Cole and um, Peter Beardsley yeah. up front. Uh-huh. Yeah. Paul Bracewell, uh, you know, that, that type of team. Peter Beardsley, what we a player. We beat them for yeah. Luton. and we mm-hmm. got all the way to the semi-final and we, lo- we ultimately lost to Chelsea 1994 mm-hmm. um, and then Man United beat Chelsea in the FA Cup final 4-0 that year. Yeah. So um, I was part of the giant killing mm-hmm. and I was the giant being killed, if you like. Yeah. Um, so I, I've experienced it on, but you'd, you'd much rather be... Uh, a part of the giant killing act because it's it's some feeling the whole club feels it financially now as well. Yep. Um, you know the club will you know get some money. They might be able to bring in, you know, do some work on the stadium, mm-hmm. bring in some other players. You know, for uh, yep. for Mick Kennedy, the manager. So it, it, having a good cup run, yep. it, it means an awful lot to to the lower league clubs. Navid, thanks for that call just before the break. Have a look out in Shawland for the players. That was a great line from the manager, wasn't it? Yeah, I'll see what I can do for the players when I find them. And Stephen, for you, I wonder who does go in the favourites on on for that game? Yeah, it becomes, I mean, what John was saying about the finances, we, we felt it a bit at Falkirk on Saturday. You get into that Alloa game and obviously a priority for us as, as Falkirk players this season is to get the club out this league. It's a, it's a league that we found ourselves in. We knew we were signing up for, but it's a, a club that shouldn't be at this level yeah. of football. But when you get the chance to get to the last 16 of the Cup against a team from the same league, you do feel that pressure. I mean, if we were playing maybe Celtic away, you wouldn't hear about the prize money for the next round. But it's kind of, it gets around, whispers get around how important the finances are for the club. And then for ourselves and Darvo, I mean, to get to the quarterfinal of the Scottish Cup for the the money on offer and who you might potentially play in the TV games, you do feel that inner pressure to to produce for the the football club. You're one game away from the quarterfinals. Um, saw you at the weekend saw the highlights uh, on the Beeb great ball you played through and but it was disallowed wasn't it it, was, it wasn't a goal but you oh, played the, somebody on the, was that an offside we didn't get the decision. penalty yeah do you know before that game so um, we played Dundee in the season right yeah. and at 3-0 the ref didn't give a foul and at the time I said that's a, that's a foul he mm-hmm. says I says did you watch it back and he says yep yeah, should have been I says you always won right a wee yeah. bit of psychology yeah. before the game so I thought oh. if we get a wee he's yeah. going to give us a decision yeah. He's in, and I'm thinking, blatant penalty, he's going to give us it this Same time. referee. Didn't yep. give it again. And I said to him, that was a Stonewall penalty. Same line. No, it wasn't. No chance it was a penalty. And I'm saying, right, yeah. watch it back. So that's two AOs for later in the season. It was, John. <laughs> looked a Stonewall, but it's, uh, no VAR. So, yeah. And it, look, we talked about it last night. Worst decision ever, maybe, under VAR. 
the decision that they gave Celtic the penalty. It's not about Celtic, you know, against Morton the other night, against Effie Ambrose the other lunchtime. Mm. It seemed a crazy decision. You know, Ambrose knew nothing about it. We talked about it at length. I just don't know anyone who says that should have been a penalty. No, you know, no nobody been, claimed there's been, there's it. There's been some strange yeah. decisions. We don't, we don't no. want to be going on about VAR. I think we're we'll trying to be VAR free, won't we? We'll, we? Say, we'll yeah. save that for a Monday, save that it. show exactly. after the weekend. <laughs> for a Monday. See yeah. my only point in that? Yeah. The whole point in VAR was meant to be for clear and obvious errors. Yep. That was the whole point of it, and that's why we all got on board with it. Mm-hmm. So, like last night, you maybe if Jim Goodwin loses his job, yep. that might save his job. Brilliant VAR. But to go to the screen, not give that penalty, and then overturn it—that's the bit where you think well, it was meant to be clear and obvious. Now it's of just course. making up as we go along. I saw a great line yesterday, which was mm-hmm. VAR is supposed to be looking at decisions, clear and obvious. And we predicted this. People working on VAR are looking for incidents. They're looking for them. They're running it back and trying to find things. John, sorry. No, I just want to say, I just want to apologise to Livingston because Livingston are up to fourth. Yeah. Aberdeen are now fifth. I, right. I, I alluded to Aberdeen being fourth, um, but Livingston, I praised them at the week, at yeah, the last did. week. Yeah, I said how sure. well they're doing. Yeah. Maybe don't get you know enough credit, you yeah. know, Davy Martindale for the job he's yeah. doing. Um but Aberdeen are in fifth, and as I said, they've won one one game in nine, which is which is poor form. Do you want to hear from Todd Cantwell, twenty four year old, signed from Norwich? The news came out yesterday, so he's speaking to the media today for the first time. Why did he sign for Rangers? You know, I, I think I said yesterday. You know, I've always been been someone that wants to win, and obviously it's embedded in Rangers to uh, to win games, and you know, it's something that I accept as a challenge and. Uh, Exactly that, you know, the European opportunity is is fantastic. You know, every player wants to play in those sort of competitions. So, yeah, I'm just looking forward to getting going. The first signing of Michael Beale. And, yeah, you know, when I spoke to the manager, his incredible depth to his detail um, in sh- such a short sort of first opening conversation really, really opened my eyes up to kind of what it was I was potentially signing up to. Obviously, as a player, you want that sort of clarity before you come up. Um, you don't want to come up as a winger and end up as a left-back. So, yeah, no, he, he's been pretty clear with with what he wants from me. Um, obviously, naturally, every manager wants a player that's going to work hard and give him 100%. So that's that's the, the bottom line, really. And Nicholas Raskin has agreed a move to Ibrox and the deal could be completed later today. John, Stephen, John first, what do you think of the Todd Cantwell signing? Well, I think it, it's um, it's a signing that they're getting a player that is desperate to play. Mm. You know, he's not been a regular in, in Norwich's first team. Um, he's played bits and bobs. He's he's 24 years of age, so he's a good age. You know, he's got competition there in in the middle of the park. Um, So for me, you know, it's a sign-in that obviously Michael Beale, I don't think he makes decisions um, just for the sake of it. I think he's a midfield player that Michael Beale will think that he'll go into the side and he'll he'll, he'll make the team better. Um, There's no point just buying players for the sake of having numbers mm. um, and he said that hasn't he? he he wants he doesn't want jersey fillers he wants players who can go right into the squad he's got competition in there you know Ryan Jack uh, you know one or two others Stephen Davis who's who's injured mm. you know you got Kamara um, and, and, and one or two others you know Arfield and players mm. like that so I don't think he walks straight into the team I think I think um, but it's a decent signing you know he's a player that wants to get out of Norwich, I think he's been there most of his career. He's had a couple of loan sort of moves out of out of Norwich, but it's a good it's a good move for the for the lad. He's he's joining a, a huge club with a massive fan base. Very different and cities, aren't yeah. They? And so, he seems yeah. excited about it. Yeah. So good luck to him. Good point. How's his fitness? Yeah, my fitness is good. Um, 
I'm lucky really I've got quite a good base fitness anyway and um, just because I haven't played does certainly not mean I've been working hard so in terms of fitness wise I think I'm, I'm obviously not in the place I'd like to be because you know you can only get match fitness from playing games right so um, I'll, I'll take a little bit of getting up to speed but in terms of base fitness I think I'm in a good place. Stephen? Yeah, well, I think it's a great move for him, first and foremost. Um, I think Rangers fans will be pleased it's a long-term commitment to them um, and not a short-term loan. I think it's an area of the park. There's a lot of noise over who might be coming, who might be going. You know, Guys like Ryan Jack's got our field contracts up at the end of the season. Marek Tillman, are they going to take up the option? So it is an area in the park that Michael Beale uh, said was a priority position for him when he first came in. Obviously lost Stephen Davis to a long-term injury. So... Um, what Todd Cantwell ha uh, showed in his early years at Norwich was he could play football. He, you get him the ball and he could make things happen at, at the top level in English football. So he's lost his way for a, for a couple of years, but what he's going to see a lot at Rangers is a lot of the football. He's going to get into positions where in the past he's proven he can hurt teams. Um, so I think it's a good move all round. And um, I, I mean, you, you listen to players first. Uh, interviews are always kind of pretty positive and yeah. hoping to so there's not much you can read for that but uh, a lot of excitement over what he can bring and, and look forward to seeing uh, to watching him play let's listen one more from him any insight into why he left Norwich um, I think to be honest I think sometimes in, in football anything in life really sometimes you just need a, a, a fresh start and uh, a new sort of new set of scenery really um, and I think you know at Norwich you know, it was a club I came through at. Is um, a club that I hold very close to my heart. I've spent a lot of time there. It was very difficult, but listen, as a footballer, you have you have quite a short career. It goes quite quickly, and um, you know, I don't want to look back with any regrets. And you know, when I spoke to Ross and I spoke to the manager, it was it was pretty clear that this was the right move for me. Very different cities, though, aren't they? A night out in Glasgow be very different from Norwich. Yeah, and and he's going to have to get used to. Yeah. To Rangers and and what being a Rangers player means and and every couple of days you you have to win the football match and then it's on to the next one. But um, I mean he's twenty five next month. He needs to he needs to get his career back on track and um, what a, what a platform Rangers will give him to to get back to his best. See former Rangers player Graham Dorans in the media today and he's encouraging Rangers to sign up a new contract for Ryan Jack. What do you think? Do you think Ryan Jack has done really well since coming to Aberdeen? I know he's had injuries, but he's come back and important. What do you feel? John, about I think he's got leadership qualities. Uh, I think he, he he led in that season where uh, Steven Gerrard won, managed to win the league. I think he's a big favourite of Stevens. Um, obviously, Michael Beale would have played a role in that as well. So I think he knows of Ryan Jack's qualities, um, and I think it's got a lot of it's going to be down to Ryan Jack. I, I, I don't think Rangers would would leave him go out of the door without offering him a new contract. It's whether or not Ryan Jack wants to stay in Glasgow wants to continue his career at Rangers or whether he feels his contract is running down and he wants he wants a change, he wants something else. I think ultimately it's going to be down to the player. Um, but I do believe that if Rangers can tie him down, then I think they, they look to do that because I think he's a very important player for Rangers. Let's hear a quick word from Michael Beale. We haven't heard from either of the managers yet. Um, what about the game? 1-0 victory at the weekend seems a while ago doesn't it this is what he said at the full time delighted with everything because it's been three games in six days all away from Ibrox want to say firstly about our fans over 55,000 travelling around in January it's not easy after the cost of Christmas and the new year so delighted to reward them to get in the next round when the draw was made I thought everyone looked at it as being a sticky game on a, on a difficult pitch and that's exactly what it was uh, it wasn't perfect but 
the most important thing was the clean sheet and winning and getting into the next round. And we've done that, as I say, three games in six days away from Ibrox. I'm absolutely delighted. Yeah, a few days off for the players. Is that what's going to happen? Yeah, I'm going to give them a couple of days first just to, just to relax. They've seen a lot of each other and been in a lot of hotels this week and they probably are hating listening to my voice because obviously <laughs> I'm getting into them a little bit. So I'm going to give them a bit of a breather and then we'll, um, we'll get ready to play St. Johnson again at home and hopefully there'll be uh, one or two new faces in the starting lineup, which I'm sure then you'll stop asking me the same questions. Yet. <laughs> right, guys. Does that happen, guys? Do you ever get fed up with the manager's voice? Careful, John McGlynn might be listening. <laughs> uh, no, well, when when you're winning, I mean, you yeah. don't really bother about what's going on. I think it's, when you have a tricky time and there's meeting after meeting and the inquest setting, you, you can get a wee bit frustrated with with each other. But I think uh, he'll be delighted with his week. I don't think. I think by his own admission they're not playing free-flowing stuff they're not really got going the way you'd like to but what they are doing is digging out wins they're keeping themselves alive in competitions um, keeping the the hunt on for Celtic in case they show any sort of weakness and then a cup final and the next round of the Scottish Cup and it was a tricky game for Rangers that St Johnson away um, I know obviously it's a problem St Johnson are having um, off the park and yeah. on the park since the break but and a, and a t- tough pitch. It was. I mean, I didn't get to see the game. By all accounts, it was for the best. That if you if you missed that game, but sure. they've went up there and they've dug out a one down and done the job. And John, you know, you have to grind them out at times. Went ugly. Grinding yeah. out. Yeah. Grinding out is a sign of a of a team um, that have got a bit of togetherness, a little bit of character within the group. When you're not at your best, and you can still carve out wins. Um, it's only the Celtic game, I think, that, that he's drawn. They the only yep. in you know, um that was the only really result where they, they never won. Um but it doesn't look scintillating, but they're picking up wins. And that's a good sign when it when you're not actually, you know, free flow and then at your best. Oh, you know the voice as well, Stephen McGinn and John Hartson. They are on 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kennishead Road, Darnley. Let's go! Well, the headlines tonight. We spoke to Mick Kennedy in the first hour. We put him head-to-head in the ring with... Stephen McGinn, the captain of Falkirk, and they will meet in a couple of weeks' time. It might get shifted, Darville against Falkirk for television, but at the moment it's slated for February the... Yeah, well, we're just waiting. I mean, we've got a few good, uh, big games for us, including the Dunfermline game rearranged, so we're just waiting to see the, the fixture. We've uh, got a couple of new signings in, so as a captain, you yep. need to try and arrange a, a wee day out for the boys, good. a wee bit of yep. team bonding, so just uh, try to wait for the rearranged dates. Up to the top golf or something, which uh, we all see from the motorway. 11th and 12th when the game should be that weekend. Darvel against Falkirk and we heard the draw at the weekend the big two are still in Celtic play St Mirren Rangers play Partick Thistle and there's still the Queen's Park Inverness game next week it's going to be and there's some matches tonight as well in the cup it goes on and on great time of year John isn't it with so many games on a few of the headlines as well Todd Cantwell signed yesterday for Rangers and Nicholas Raskin the exile from Standard Liège uh, Ronnie Dyla helped in the deal it looks as though he's going to sign any moment now in the next couple of hours uh, coming to Rangers well it's an exciting time for the for the support uh, for the team and the supporters I think I think all good managers look to freshen it up I think they see the danger signs players running out the contract they're proactive nowadays they, they, they get sent in videos they get sent in emails they'll be inundated by agents yeah. trying to get their their players up to Celtic up to Rangers and it's exciting because um 
it's important as well that you freshen things up because I can tell you when when a new player comes in, it lifts the whole place. Mm. It really does. Everybody's trying to impress him. And if he's a good player, by the way, and he can come into the team and, and lift the team and make the team better, then, mm. then it's even better. It's like the Celtic fans, the Rangers fans, mm. they'll now be really excited to, for, for Todd Cantwell I know, and, and the Celtic fans would be the same about one or two others that they've signed. Well, Celtic's still waiting to hear about the South Korean striker. Looks as though he is coming. Oh, Hyun Gyu. We've spoken about him a few times. Jikamakis, still no word yet. What, seven days to go in the window? But it looks as though he'll go. This is what the manager said yesterday. Andrew was speaking about the Greek striker. Yeah, uh, I mean, he had that little niggly train yesterday. Um, but it's fair to say there's a fair bit of going on with him in the background as well. And, you know, my view is that it's not just about the physical, but it's about the mental too. And I had a good chat to him. And, you know, I just, I think, you know, until he sort of, um, there's some clarity about sort of what's happening with him, I think, um, as well as the physical stuff, I just thought it was better off to, to leave him out today. John, I think the Celtic fans think, well, Celtic will have it sorted. They will have someone in the building and soon, because that's what they did with Juranovic. They got Alistair Johnson in before they let him go. What would you want to say about Juranovic as he's gone to Union Berlin? Um... I think it's a strange sale. Uh, personally, I, I, I like him. I, I like the uh, the fans. Absolutely, idolise him. He's not let anybody down on the pitch. I, I don't know what's happened. If if anything's happened off the pitch, um, I think he's been a really good signing. You know, fantastic signing coming from the Eredivisie, a team that went down. He was top goal scorer that year. Um, but listen, Jikimakis, yeah. stranger yeah. things. Stranger things have happened. Yeah. You know, yeah. he, he, they might just drag this out. They sure. might not be an acceptable bid. They might well have had a bid. I don't know what yep. goes on. But um, I wouldn't question Ange. I would never question the manager simply because he's got 99.9% .9 of his decisions yeah. and his formation and his teams and his the league and the League Cup, everything else. And I think he's managed Kyogo and Giacomacus really well yeah. just in terms of giving them game time. I know Kyogo's been in a lot from the start of late. Yeah. But um, I speak for the supporters as well. No one's going to criticise the manager, neither am I, because he's doing such a brilliant job. Um, but I speak for the fans when I say that there's not one supporter out there that doesn't um, that doesn't uh, rate Jackamakers. Yeah. So he's not like a player that's on the fringes. No. And like like Ayeti was, mm. where you're, you're delighted <sighs> to see yeah, him go, sure. get, you know, and 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 look for to an. Giacomacus is a fan's favourite. So I, I still think it's a little bit... Um, I would love to keep him, but mm. I'm not the Celtic manager. No. It's totally down to Ange. And if he sells him, then for me, you know, ultimately it would have been the right thing from the manager's point of view if that's what he decides to do. But I can't help but say the truth. Yeah. And I think it's a strange one after, the, after the, you know, a year at the club, mm. or is it just over a year now, Giacomacus? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That twenty six goals. That that he's out. He's 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 looking like he's going to leave. But yeah. stranger things are happening. Sure. If the right offer doesn't come in, we may well see him stay at the club. Stephen, what would you say about Josip Juranovic? He has gone. That is definite, as we know. Um, seven and a half million rising to ten million off to the Bundesliga. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, been an outstanding uh, signing for Celtic in terms of signing a player from Legia, Legia Warsaw. I think the levels he hit last year, especially, I thought he was outstanding. Um, almost seemed too good to be true. I think uh, Celtic form didn't quite hit the heights. I think his World Cup form hit the heights of last year. I don't think quite his Celtic form hit the same heights this season. 
But to sign a player um, 18 months ago for two or three million and, and sell him on for three times, that's that's what the model is. That is, uh, I don't think they can keep a hold of players um, when they want to go. It hasn't worked for them. It didn't work for them a few seasons ago where they kept players that wanted to move on. So they'll have learned from that and that, that is the model that Andrew spoke about. Don't get too attached because these boys will... We will lose players at times. We will lose, lose favourites. Um, but I think, I mean, Ange covered it quite well. So he, he was delighted for him. He said to, he's 28 now. He needs to, to cash in on an opportunity. He's not made... Um, he's not had to play at the top for his whole career. So, so it was a chance for him to move on and better himself financially. And... Um, Play for, I mean, Union Berlin are going well in the league. I know they're not as big a club as Celtic, but they are going well up in the top of the Bundesliga. So that's the opportunity he wanted to take. And Celtic have replaced him with a player a few years younger, similar price to, to Josip Juranovic, and they'll look to try and push him on the way they did Juranovic. Look, I, I, I think he's been fantastic. I mean, I've, I've loved working with Josip. He's been a real popular member in the dressing room. He's, he's He was a key contributor last year to what was... a a very, very important season for us, you know, in, in the context of, you know, what had happened the year before and the fact that we had to rebuild the team um, and try and get back to where we wanted to be. And in terms of champions, he was a, you know, key component of that. Um, but, you know, with all with all the lads, I mean, I'm constantly sort of in dialogue with them about themselves and their careers. And, you know, people have to appreciate that Josip's, you know, you know 28, but he's he hasn't really got to the highest level till late in his career, you know, and, uh, you know, I think he just wants to maximise his opportunities. And I, to be honest, I, I agree with him. I think he's, he, he needs to, that's, that's what all of us have in our careers, a, a limited time and, and we want to take opportunities. And I think he leaves here as a fantastic player, um, somebody who contributed to, like I said, a really important season to us. And I, I certainly wish him well. I, you know, I hope he goes over there and kills it. He's, uh, you know, he's, like I said, he's uh, he's very well respected within our dressing room, very well liked. Will be missed, but um, you know, as I said before, that's uh, the nature of football. In and out, Stephen, in fairly short time, but two big medals: League Cup and uh, the title. Uh, Moritz Jens, who had a good spell at Celtic, he's on loan, as we know from Lorient. It looks as though. They're going to cut short his loan spell and he'll head back over there. He didn't do much wrong, did he? No, and uh, he did fine, but I didn't think he ever looked likely to break up the partnership mm. of Carter Vickers and Starfield, who have, have struck up a real good uh, partnership, obviously not lost in the league together. Whereas Kobayashi's came in and I think he might threaten them more. And I think the addition of Kobayashi's probably forced Moritz Jens out the door. John? I think Stephen's nailed it. I think Kobayashi looked really good. He looked really um, astute. He looked as if he uh, he could play. He's got that left foot. Um, you know, he, he passes it with a bit of purpose. He looked comfortable on the ball. It could be a really good signing uh, alongside Starfelt or Carter Vickers. Um, but going back to Juranovic, you know, when, when I think Ange brought in Johnson, you know, the uh, Canadian international, I don't think the club has, has got room for, for three for three right backs. You've got Ralston, you'd have Juranovic and Johnson as well. So it was a position maybe that, yes, and totally respects um, Juranovic. He's been a great sign-in, but, you know, he, he's not really, um, you know, had, had an awful lot of time. You know, he's 28. Uh, he's maximising his opportunity to go. Um, 
and uh, was it Union Berlin? Is yeah, that what they're called? Yeah, and they're going well. They're yeah. going really well, and they're in their <laughs> particular league. And the so, Bundesliga is such a big league, so it is. I think it the is. Celtic fans are happy. John, can I ask you before we go to the news, mm-hmm. as one of the great Celtic strikers, what do we say about the man who celebrated his birthday the weekend with a couple of goals, Kyogo Furuhashi? What's a player? Outstanding. Yeah. I said it from the first for the first couple of games yeah. I saw. I called him world class, yeah. and I think he is. I think his movement, his finishing prowess, his touch. Uh, he's just immaculate at times and he's so you know he's brave he's small sometimes he gets a little bit pushed out of the way but he finds his way into the box if he has to go around the player um, and he's the type of player if you're if you're a centre back you're thinking well I can maybe bully him I can go and hit him in the first minute and put him up in the air he won't come near me again but he keeps coming mm. he keeps coming and coming he's like a Craig Bellamy you know, Craig didn't mind being kicked. No, he just used yes. to look and laugh at people and just make the same <laughs> run two minutes later. That's because of his wages. Kyogo reminds me of that type of player. You know, he's got great pace. He's so clever. His movement. He goes to the near post and he darts around the back. He plays on defenders' shoulders, runs across that line, and he darts in between two defend. I just think he's outstanding, and and Ange's a huge fan. Paid £6 million for him, knew the player very well. And um, again, his goal record this season is, is right up there. Stephen, I made a big error with John early on when he joined us and I said, Kyogo, now you've got to remember it came off the season when Celtic lost the league by 25 points. So John Hartson, the legend, comes in and I, and I said, oh, what about the new player, Kyogo? And he said, I like the look of him, he's looking good. I said, could he one day be like a Henrik Larsson? He said, what? <laughs> Honestly, he nearly flew right across the studio. But Kyogo... Celtic fans love him yeah no John's spot on uh, the one thing I, I did think with the Champions League he looked really frustrated he didn't get his Champions League goal and he hadn't scored against Rangers and I think psychologically the, the late goal he scored against Rangers has been huge for him I think yeah. since that goal not that he's not not been good for Celtic anyway I think he's gone on to a new level at Celtic um, his goal he scored against Man last week was just outstanding I mean what John spoke about world class it was a world class goal I mean the movement right playing right on the edge of the the line and, and the way he takes a goal. I mean, you can't teach that. I couldn't do that. And I think as well, what's scary for the other defenders in the Scottish Premiership, he's going to get better. Yeah. He is only going to get better. Working with really good players, his movement, everything else. Yeah, different gravy. I love him. So we'll work out how Darvill are going to do against Rangers or... Oh, sorry, Stephen. <laughs> They've got Falkirk. <laughs> We're kidding. Stephen, again, stays with us for the next hour, as does John Hartson. Call them. 08 08 17 17 700. News is next. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kennishead Road, Darnley. Let's go! There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. Hour two in the company of, I almost said Barry Ferguson, that's tomorrow night. Barry will be on with Peter Grant. Two people we all know really well. They'll be here tonight. I'm delighted we've got John Hartson and Stephen McGinn. Great first hour. And while you feel for Aberdeen and the Dons fans, but 
and Jim Goodwin still no word on what's going to happen to the manager there uh, their home record's been good as well that's the thing but away from home it's been horrendous but what a night for Darvel East Ayrshire and they're up against Falkirk on either the 11th or 12th of February and the captain of Falkirk is with us here Stephen how many tickets are you asking for because it's going up by the by the minute yeah. well, I think it depends uh, if the game's moved to a Monday night it might be a wee bit less than if it's a Saturday afternoon but yes as I said it's one that ourselves and Darvo really sees a big opportunity to get the quarter final in the Scottish Cup um, neither of us probably set out at the start of the season to have this type of cup run but um, just the nature of the cup draws and just the shocks it opens it right up and we've given ourselves that, that opportunity to, to, to fight it out to, to get there This time last night we were looking back with Mark Weedy and Barry about the cup and there hadn't been any shocks were there but we've had the biggest of all John you can never tell in the cup but it's back to the league then for this weekend nine points in it at the top uh, Celtic nine points ahead plus 23 goals to the better uh, for Celtic this weekend the fixtures look like this they're on Sunday. Dundee United against uh, Celtic. Uh, Livy play Hearts on Sunday as well. And on Saturday, Rangers against St. Johnson. Ross County, Kilmarnock, St. Mirren against Motherwell. And uh, arguably match of the day, Hibs against Aberdeen. Uh, we heard from Todd Cantwell in the first hour. And we also hear that Raskin will be joining very, very soon. The um, He's had the medical apparently and he's going to be coming. So he fell out with Ronnie Dyler, didn't he? At Standard Liège, the former Celtic manager. Yeah, um, obviously it's, it's another midfielder into a very competitive area now for Rangers. Um, and as you say, with the, not sure about the future, Ryan Jack, Scott Arfield, um, it really makes that area competitive. And um, Michael Beal Michael needs to put his own stamp on it. As I said, he'll not be happy. He'll be happy with the results, but he'll not be happy with the performances. He'll, he'll see a Rangers in the future, his own Rangers that plays better than this, has more controlling the game and I think he's going to try and improve that that area and, and see how he can make it better another midfielder yeah. mm-hmm. you know another midfielder who's been at standard Liège um, all his career really been out on loan at Anderlecht Ghent a uh, good age just just 21 um, so you know um, he's looking to you know get good midfield players in um, looking at different areas of the of the pitch really where they can come in and, bet, and better Rangers as a team but uh, we're looking at Cantwell and um, and Raskin, uh, two midfield players, two young, two good good ages as well. And maybe more to come, maybe Morgan Whitaker. Mm. Let's go on the lines, 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. And Paul is on the line, a Rangers fan. Good evening, Paul. Uh, Ethan, Paul, um, Ethan, uh, Paro, thanks for letting me on. Not at all. Um, You're not talking Rangers though, are you? You're thinking um, something else. Mm. Uh, well, this is maybe a wee bit... I'll put a wee challenge out to the to your wider audience. Eh? So, um, I'd phoned in maybe well, a wee while ago and I'd say this as well, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel I've got more factual information, more evidence, I suppose. Um, and it's about Aberdeen, right? So, I challenge any Aberdeen fans that phone into your show, right, to come back to me. I would be embarrassed if I was an Aberdeen fan, not because of the Darvo or something, right? That, that's, that, that's what it is, right? But the fact is, a Rangers fan, I think that the, the team, and I know you hear this all the time from fans, but that gives me more evidence to say that team plays four games a season in the league against Rangers. That That's an ambition, right? That's what I see as a Rangers fan. Because you're telling me they played in a League Cup game there, they played their guts out, every one of their players played their guts out 
And you might say that's all league semi-final, Paul. But they did it at Pataudry. The time they came back and beat them 2-1 when Arfield scored the two goals. They played their guts out then as well. Now, I'm not saying this. They don't do it against Celtic. I'm saying they don't do it against other teams. They got beat 5-0 off the hearts. They've went against their junior team and got mm-hmm. beat. And I'm telling you now, there's your hard evidence. Now, you could probably come back statistically and say to me, Paul, as a Rangers fan, check the results against Rangers. We've probably beat them more times than they've beat us, right? Fair enough. Yeah. But what I'm challenging is how they play against Rangers. Now, it probably goes back to the Ian incident with Neil Simpson and everything else. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, if you're an Aberdeen fan, I would be embarrassed if that's your ambition as a club. But do, do you know what? Rangers want to win a league. That's, that's, their, that's their ambition. But if you really want to play four games a year and you get your, you get your crust out of beating Rangers... Wow, that's an ambition. That's a, that's a serious... Hi, Paul. Job. Hi, Paul. Um, I disagree with you that they've only turned up for four league games a year. Um, what I would say is is that they're fifth in the table, so they obviously must be winning other games rather than competing against Rangers. But I'll tell you something. You, have, you actually make a very good point for me because all the teams do it, Paul. When the game is live on television, it becomes their biggest game of the season. Whenever Celtic or Rangers go to any away game in the Scottish Premiership, apart from St. Johnson at the weekend, um, it's generally full um, with Celtic or Rangers fans who take three quarters of the ground. A lot of the time it's on television and these players see it as a huge opportunity and they play like supermen. Now, I said this to you the other day, Paul. When, Range, when Aberdeen put so much into the semi-final against Rangers, went ahead, Rangers had too much in the end. They've become on too, too strong. The Rangers won the game 2-1. I said to Paul, two, two, yep. watch, watch Aberdeen's next result on the back of putting so much in, in the Rangers game. And they went to Paisley. And they went and they lost. They got beat 5-0. Against um, against uh, Hearts. Oh, yeah. Sorry, that right. was the four, four yeah, three sure. days later. Yeah. So you make a great point because I totally agree with you, but I don't agree that they only play four. T- I don't know whether you said that tongue and cheek, Paul. Um, but no, John. John, I think sorry to. No, it's okay, mate. It's all right. I get so passionate about it, right? Mm. And they says I'm not trying to argue with it. No, I get sure. so passionate about it because I've watched Rangers for years. Mm-hmm. I think you've got Craig on there as well, Craig Moore, yeah? No, it's Stephen. Stephen McGinn is on with us. Oh, so, yeah. Stephen, oh, yeah. Paul, do you, go to, do you go to the home games? Can I just say, I get... I, I, but, you know, see when I watch them, I, honestly, I watch them with my mates. I go to the games, right? And it's a, it's a oomph. Like, John, you're saying they're... I know the, I can't dispute with you the certain fact. I get that, right? Mm. But it's more the performance against but, the Rangers that definitely the, mm. crowd, the crowd are even more Paul, up for it against yeah. Rangers. It's like they see us arrival. Stephen, yeah. Paul, Paul, I think Rangers' best performance and probably easiest performance all season has been at home to Aberdeen. I don't know off the top of my head. I, I think they nearly get 40 shots today. I, I think Aberdeen took the lead. I think Tavernier missed a penalty. I think Rangers won 4 1. I think that's Rangers' easiest game of the season. It was the most dominant and the best Rangers have played. So that's where you talk about factually. I mean, I, 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 I don't even, I don't think Aberdeen try any harder. I, I don't, I don't buy into it. What I do think is the two late goals from Rangers at Petodre in the last month 
probably has cost Jim Goodwin his, his job. I don't think as a as a manager and, and a squad they've recovered from that. Yeah. I think it was a total shock to the system. And the other than a one two 0 win at home to St Johnson, I don't think they've they don't think they've won a game since. Yeah. No, Paul, as, as well, Paul, you know, it. Paul, there, there is needle. Yeah. There is needle Rangers yeah. Aberdeen. Sure. I think everybody knows that. You go back to the, yeah. you know, to that tackle on yeah. on uh, Durante uh, all them years ago. And I think famously, famously, if you watch Scottish football, if you've been involved in Scottish football, you're a Scot, you're a Rangers fan, Celtic fan. You know Rangers Aberdeen. There is needle. Yeah. There is. A, it's a big fixture, mm. and it's needle. And and you know what? Yeah, I get. I get it. Aberdeen fans want to beat Rangers fans. But Aberdeen, Aberdeen as a team, the lads as a team, they also want to beat Celtic. They also want to beat Motherwell. They also want to beat other teams. And you can't say, mate, you can't say that they only try in four games, you know, against against Rangers. You know, and as I said, you know, for me, everybody knows about the needle and it's a big, big fixture. But um, I can't agree, like Stephen, that they only try against Rangers because... You know, Jim Goodwin, he might be aware of the needle, but the players now as well, the game's moved on. The game's, Some of the support hasn't moved on because supporters are always there through thick and thin, through all ages. But I've got to say, a lot of the Aberdeen players, they're probably not aware of the fact that that, that tackle on, on Durante, which, you know, which, which did his knee, basically, and the crowd since that day have, have had needle between each other. But, um, you know, as I said, it's a new brand of, of players now, and I'm sure they're not even aware of it. But, of course, the fans are. But I agree with you. There's needle in that game. But I don't agree with the fact that okay. Aberdeen only, you know, you know, get up for, for the Rangers games. But that's what Paul feels. And yeah. Back in. Yeah. yeah, I want to move on to Rangers in a moment or two. Final point on that then, Paul. On you go. I just two, two wee things, Paul. But sorry, just a wee mm. bit of tongue in cheek for John, right? I know they went. I know they went to Parkhead one year and got beat nine 0 or something ridiculous. Like that, right? I scored four that day. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you hear that? John scored four of them. Just, just, <laughs> there you, well, there, big job there. <laughs> no, the other wee point I was just going to say very, very briefly was um, yeah. just on the Todd Cantwell signings and yes. um, the other guy, the midfielder. And that's what I was going to ask you about. Uh, yeah. Uh, I I'm definitely delighted we're getting fresh faces and I'm and mm. I, I really putting a lot of belief into Michael Beale getting his own signings. What I would say is I'm a wee bit concerned with a couple of things. One, the goalkeeper situation. Yeah. I would like to give McCrory a, a crack at the whip. I thought he came in one of the old firm games was outstanding. Yeah. Um, but my other one is up front. He, Michael Beale came back and said one time that he would like to move away for this 4-3-2-1. I, I don't understand why in Scottish football, and I'd like to get John and Stephen's opinion on it as well, we're playing the likes of who we're playing there just recently um, the last game we played St Johnson St Johnson St Johnson we played uh, we played two holding midfielders right uh, with no disrespect to our teams right but we've got the finances and so does Celtic and Celtic are moving to that system now they're moving to a system where they're playing 4-3-3 mm-hmm. I like the old system that John played in with him and Hearts uh, him and Larson up front yeah. him and Sutton I want a 4-4-2 and Michael Beale mentioned that he said you're going to see two up front I want to see Maybe Morelos, maybe Kolak. I know there's been injuries and whatnot, but I'd like to get another striker and, and move away for this four. Okay. You're not a Man City. Man City and Pep Guardiola created that system with the, in my opinion, with the five midfielders and you play that one off. We're not in that league. We we are what we are, and I want to go four four two. I want to see what the guys thinking of. Well, I, I I always played with with two up. 
even you know even in the Celtic days it was either myself and Henrik and so he dropped into midfield or it was myself and Henrik when sorry me and Chris when when Henrik uh, missed out which injury wasn't very rare that he missed out and I think what that what that allows you is to get two wingers as well you can play with wingers when you play four four two and you can also play three at the back with wing backs that are almost and also now Celtic play four Paul but they push their wing backs forward so high up they're in line with the midfield players that's what they are and they create an overload and they create space and a spare man and it always goes to the spare man make yourself available but listen I think Michael Beale he's not doing an awful lot wrong I know what he's saying about the system and, and this that and the other but to play two up um, you've got to sacrifice one either in the middle of the park um, or, or in defence so I always played with two at Arsenal I played with Burkamp and Wrighty with Wales I played Bellamy Celtic I always preferred to play with two up you know a big one and a small one if you like like the old fashioned way but there are a lot of teams now that are going to one up top with five across the midfield OK that's John Hartson's view Stephen McGinn what do you feel? I was just going to touch on Paul saying about the two holding midfielders you know I've watched a lot of that's the, the way they play obviously with Stephen Gerrard Michael Beale and Chadwick Rangers and then a personal level when um, they were down at Aston Villa the two holding midfielders have got a responsibility to become fullbacks, so they are part of allowing James Tavernier and Borna Barisic to essentially become wingers and the two holding midfielders job is to become the fullbacks in case of a counter attack everyone else is an onus on them to be in, a, in or around the box and the ball's going to come in yeah. so there is that's part of the way they, Michael Beale plays football Um obviously there might be flexibility to turn it one striker into two but that is the reason why they have the two kind of sitting midfielders alright nice one Paul Paul thanks for your call speak to well, you soon well, listen guys th thanks very much cheers all the best Paul cheers Paul bye thank bye. you very much bye mate yep. bye bye See, see, see on that the, the trying the hard that I mean I spent a long time in my St Martin career and, and uh, this kind of Eurasia game for Celtic Rangers you have to you have to because you're, you're going against players I mean young uh, I was younger in my career I play against guys like Barry Ferguson uh, a colleague of ours mm -hmm. I had to raise my game or they, I would get seriously hurt in terms of losing the game heavily I mean you'd have to to get to get a result against these guys a full internationals you have to take your game to a level that you maybe don't need to to get the three points in other games in your domestic season. So it's not that you don't, it's not that you try, it's, there's almost that, they raise you, their level, their level's up there, you have to raise it just to be competitive. I like that insight, John, because you couldn't see that because you were part of, you know, great teams playing, in, you know, you mentioned their Bergkamp and Wright mm. and Larson and Sutton and... Well, you've had a good career, Stephen. You know, you haven't been at that level. You had the injury down south. It may have happened. You've had a better career than most. But that is quite an insight. You yeah. have to raise your game or you'll look... I mean, um, I've been to Celtic yeah. Park, lost seven, uh, lost heavily uh, at times when... You, you, I mean, they're, they're better players than you. But the times I have had results, I mean, you've got seven, eight, nine guys in your team that have raised their game to, to a level that like in a normal domestic season we may not got to and they're, they're some of the most satisfying I mean the game we beat Rangers 1-0 there's a famous picture at our training ground was of four people on the line heading the ball off the line and it's one St Murn fans remember forever but it's almost that collective everyone needs to bring their best game just to get a result against these guys Were you one of the four? No No it no. wasn't It wasn't you I'll tell you what is in social media just now I see Craig Gordon in the gym and what's happening he's, he's stretching or whatever he's had a leg break just a few weeks ago 
Yeah, good well, sign. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's a great attitude for him. He's a, he's a consummate professional anyway. He had a really nasty injury when he was at Sunderland. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, then he finished his career. Then mm. he came back up to to play in Scotland again. Mm. So he, he's got the character and he's got the hunger to come back. Um, he's a fit lad. He doesn't carry any weight. He's agile. He's fit, and his attitude is is top class. To be, to, to to see him in the gym, you know, two or three weeks after an awful yeah. a awful incident. Um, is a credit to himself and he's desperate to get back we wish him all the best couple of the other headlines around today uh, Ian Wright we just mentioned him your former teammate yeah. he admits that the arrival of Alexander Sinchenko at Arsenal hasn't done Kieran Tierney any favours that's obviously stating the obvious I suppose the question behind that would be what's Kieran maybe going to do next year the fans love him people said he's a future mm. captain but Mikel Arteta will see it like he's got two fantastic left backs you know, people are putting two and two together, coming up with five in terms of, or because Zinchenko's having a good time and Arsenal are flying and they've just beaten Man United and, mm. and they're top of the league, all of a sudden this is going to be the team that plays every game. But no, Zinchenko could get a knock next week. He might need to be rested. Kieran Cini needs to come in then and he will, have, he will have the shirt. He needs to hold the shirt down. People are saying because he's not playing regular, um, He's not happy. Everybody wants to play. But Arteta will want to make sure that he gets a little bit of game time. And when he does go in, Kieran is the type of character, type of player for me that'll say, right, I'm in now. I want to keep this. I want to keep my, my slot at left back. But everybody think everybody's thinking, and they're not wrong to think it, yeah. that he's too good, you know, to be a, to, to play second fiddle to anybody. Kieran different class. What a player. Um, and he won't be happy sitting on the bench. But I know that Arteta, like a lot of top-class managers, they almost want now two players for each position. Stephen, what do you think? Yeah, well, uh, what Kieran Tierney's season last year, whenever he was fit to play, he was excellent for Arsenal. But Arsenal suffered through when he was injured. They didn't have a, a replacement. The level of the team dropped from, from him not being there. So they went out and they, they've got Sinchenko, who is equally as, as brilliant. Um, I mean we see it with the national team a couple of really important uh, games we've had yeah. in the last few years Kieran Tierney's not been available and we've not hit the, the levels that we have with Kieran Tierney and the team so but it's a, it's one for us I mean we're biased we just want Kieran Tierney who's a huge player for our national team to be playing week in week out and, and staying fit and healthy and getting to the level we know he can get to but at the same time Zinchenko and Arsenal I mean it's, it's his shirt to lose at the minute and, yeah. and and what can he do other than keep his head down wait for an opportunity what year it's going to be for the Gunners John your old mm. team I know I touched on it last week but they're still there played Man United scored the winner right at the end it's the stuff of dreams and can yeah. they beat Man City overall I think they can personally my my opinion at the start of the season was I think over 38 games Man City will just have a bit too much Liverpool have dropped off Man United are in good form, of course, massive game to lose at the Emirates at the weekend. But Arsenal and Ketty has come in and, uh, you know, Jesus, he, he, nobody's mentioned Jesus, nope. who they paid a lot of money for from Man City. Uh, and Ketty is doing such a great job. And obviously Martinelli and Saka, Odegaard, Partey in the middle of the park. They got settled back for as well now um, with Zinchenko playing and playing so well. Remember, Zinchenko's come from Man City where they've won the Premier League, I think it's three out of the last four seasons. He's been a huge part of that. So he, he's a real quality player, Zinchenko. I'm not saying Tini's not. I'm a no. huge fan of Kieran. Yeah. Yeah. But listen, 
he's behind at the minute in terms of a world-class player in Sinchenko. Stephen, you and John are getting a good partnership on here. Do you think he'll invite you down to the celebrations if if Arsenal win? You could be down at the Emirates if you get a day off. I'd yeah. love that be John's plus one. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought Man City would eventually come through. But yeah. in the last week, I mean, Man United beating... Uh, Man City yeah. and then I thought it had been an absolute travesty if they hadn't beat Man United the other night I thought they absolutely battered them into submission and uh, the, the goal was coming and when it, when it came and just to you just get that feeling it feels a wee bit like a, a significant moment that, that late goal Tuesday night with Stephen McGinn and John Hartson The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors brand new Toyota showroom in Kennishead Road Darnley Let's go Thanks, Chris. Yeah, Lewis Capaldi on tonight. Stephen, is he one of your favourites? Lewis Capaldi, the music? Yeah, he's great. Uh, my wife absolutely loves him. Um, and he, he, he's been an inspiration. I know he suffers with he admitted Tourette's. And yeah. Mm. You see some of the videos sometimes, just uh, amazing what he's done worldwide. And John, somehow during the break, we ended up talking about one of the great music events that came to Scotland uh, some years ago, yeah. I believe 20 years ago, the MTV Europe Music. I was there. Well. Was there. Yeah, yeah, who were you there with? I was there with NC and actually um, um, one of the, the Bowl brothers. Divorce. Yeah, yeah, exactly. the one who played yeah. for longer. I was going to sign on the same day. Which, which right. one is that? Um, I saw him at the Ronald. World Cup. Ronald. Ronald. I saw him at the Ronald. World Cup. That's as right. Well. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant player. Brilliant. I was there just a few along from. No, I can't say that. It was Justin Timberlake was on and Beyonce. I think it was amazing. Yeah. Not sure why it wasn't in Glasgow, but second best being through. Oh, number in one at the time. Oh, uh, I remember it was, it was a bit of a rock band. Yep. They had long hair. White stripes. We're on, and there was loads of people killing me. It was fantastic. Anyway, we can't, we can't even break. get the Eurovision Song Contest at the moment. But what I would say, well done, the Oval Hydro. I see it's got the best music award just in the last few days. So, well done to Debbie and all the well. team there. Hydro. Oh, it's what brilliant, venue, isn't it? Yeah. And good luck to Lewis Capaldi, who is fantastic. Another great success story. Um, success story last night, of course, was Darvo beating uh, Aberdeen one 0 Kirk Fitzpatrick. Kirkpatrick. There's a name now. And you played alongside him, Kirkpatrick. Yeah. Yeah, um, obviously Jack Ross had him at Alloa and um, Jack signed him for St Mirren. Didn't quite happen for him um, at St Mirren um, for whatever reason, but it was something he he always did. He, he, even in training, got lots of shots away. Sh- sh- used to shoot on sight. Used to do my head in sometimes he wanted me to lay off, but you don't shoot, <laughs> yeah. you don't score. And he, and he got his rewards, got his wee deflection last night and, and sticks Davo, a, a famous goal, one he'll never forget and so happy for him. And you'll be up against him in a few weeks, so that's uh, the plum tie probably is Darvo against Falkirk. And last night, Fulham nil, Spurs won. You know why I'm mentioning it, Harry Kane. And he equaled the record of the late, great Jimmy Greaves. Although I was hearing this morning, uh, John, that actually Jimmy Greaves had two goals in the Charity Shield final, which is not counted by Tottenham, so he's actually two off it. But everyone will celebrate it. Harry Kane, could he be off to Man United or whatever? But more importantly, how do you assess the England skipper, Harry Kane, as a striker? Different class, but one of the best in the world. For me, you've got Mbappe, you've got... Couple of others, but for for me, Harry Kane, I think it's two hundred and sixty-seven goals all in all for Spurs. Broke Jimmy Greaves, the great Jimmy Greaves, yeah. equaled it or broke it. Equaled I'm not it. sure. Yep, equaled. Um, he'll be chasing down the genius Alan Shearer's record of two hundred and sixty-six goals, Premier League goals. He'll want to stay in England, I think, for that particular reason. Mm. So I think it can rule out Barcelona, Real Madrid, and then you've got. Man City couldn't quite get him, could they? Because I don't think Daniel Levy would allow him to go. He's got yeah. this year, he's got one more year left mm-hmm. on his contract. Yep. Spurs have a decision to make in terms of um, 
getting decent money for him in, when yeah. he goes into his last year. 29, yeah. Um, I can sure. see him moving on. Right? No disrespect to Thank Spurs. You. They're a great club, um, but they, they don't win nothing. They, they don't, they're not renowned for winning trophies, Spurs, especially in the last 10, 20 years. And he might want to finish his career with a Premier League. To do that, he's going to have to move away from Spurs uh, and to do and to break the record as well, mm-hmm. which he'll go down in history for yeah. for being the all-time Premier League top goalscorer. He'll want to stay in this country. So, I think it'll be between Man United. He's been heavily linked with mm-hmm. Man United, and Gary Neville has got into his ribs and to, and asked him to come to United. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Man City again. Can you imagine him, him and Haaland sort of wow. swapping that number nine shirt? Phenomenal, incredible. Stephen, did you ever play against him? I think. I mean, he's one of the big success stories for maybe clubs sending out players, and the loan moves not quite happening. I came across him a couple of times. I th- few different clubs I mean he seemed to pop up four or five different places in my in my spell in England and um, I, I, you remember his first few goals for Tottenham it was almost like their um, Europa League type striker he played in the Thursday night but kept kind of scoring chipping away at getting a chance and when he eventually gets a chance it just feels as if he's just racked up an amazing amount of goals in such a short time it feels as if it's flew in but I agree with John I think other than the heart of staying at Tottenham and what he's done for Tottenham You've got to think these last few years about maybe Man United making that next step to challenge Man City. I mean, it looks it's screaming out that it's Harry Kane to, to take them up a, up a level as a team. And for him to, to, to finish a career and just be the top goal scorer, I mean, yeah. you, you want trophies to, to add to his... Uh, he had to his career. To be one of the all-time greats. Back here tonight, here's a gear change. Let's go back to the Scottish Cup. Fourth round, it's still going on. Elgin City against Drumchapel United. So the drum um, up there tonight. We don't know what's going to happen, but good luck to them. And Linlithgow Rose against Wraith Rovers. Wonder if it could be a banana skin. Looking at you, Stephen, because you've played against the Rovers. Um, that could be a tough one for them. Yeah, yeah. Rovers uh, quite a good football inside mm-hmm. and it's not going to be easy going, going to Linlithgow tonight. And... Obviously, the carrot of having Motherwell hosting Motherwell, so um, real tricky, real tricky tie for Rafe Rovers. And good luck to Drumchapel, obviously, localish uh, team to myself, and I know a few of the guys involved. So I know how disappointed they were. Three or four buses got up on Saturday that had yeah. to be cancelled. So um, fair play to them if the same amount of buses got up there to Elgin on Tuesday night um, after work. So yeah, just here's hoping they can um, pull through tonight. Back to those who've gone through already. Motherwell, John, that was huge for them at the weekend. They really needed the win and they got the win. Two goals and they'll play Linlithgow, Rose or Wraith Rovers. So we'll find for Motherwell, you know, West of Scotland station here, West of Scotland team. Surely too Staying in the cup as well. You know, a lot of these clubs don't actually make top six every season. So a good cup run is, is vitally important for them. But staying up is so important for Motherwell. What's your gut feeling, John? Will Motherwell stay in the Premiership? I think so. I think Motherwell are a team that grind it out. They've got some good players. Um, and Stevie, Stevie, Stephen Hamill has done okay there. You know, a player that got the respect. I think the fans are wanting him to win every game because he's one of their own, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a couple that, that will be in the running. I think you've got to look at Kilmarnock. You've got to look at Ross County. Yeah. Uh, there's two or three in there, Paul. It's whoever can put that run together at a crucial time. Three or four wins, you know, on the back end of the last seven or eight games. That that just shoots you up the table. It's the ones who get left behind. And I think there's three or four, but I actually think Motherwell will be okay. 
And yet, I wrote, yeah, so at the bottom, Ross County, 17 points after 22 games. Kilmarnock, as you mentioned, on 20. And just above them, on the same points, Dundee United mm. and Motherwell. And then four better, St. Johnson, they're on a sticky run again. And then St. Mirren on 27, Hibs on 27, who are top six, Aberdeen on 29, Livingston on 31, Hearts on 38, Rangers 52, and Celtic on 61. But ironically, all the chat is about the managers for Lee Johnson at Hibs. What's going to happen? They are underperforming. Thumped at the weekend in the derby. And also, as we know, Jim Goodwin, waiting to hear what's going to happen uh, after the defeat last night. What about Hibs? You were there for a short time, Stephen. What do you see uh, You know, in that game at the weekend against Hearts? What did you feel? Uh, well, first of all, when the team comes through, I mean... Um, it just it just seems messy. Um, I mean, you've had a spell where Ryan Porteous, the best centre half mm. of the club, has been playing, playing centre midfielder, uh, centre midfield, and and Sunday they're playing Lewis Stevenson, who's been playing left back for the last few months. He goes into centre midfield. They sign the boy um, Jago yeah. the night before the game. He goes straight into the lineup. They then go out and they put on a better show than they did at Tynecastle, but it's the same outcome. It's, it's another three 0 defeat and. Yeah, I, I don't think you can lose twice in the one month to Hearts 3 0. Um, I don't think there's not there's not any kind of hope. It looks like Kevin Nisbet's been linked with a move away. Ryan Porteous been our best player this season. Um, might be leaving this month as well. It just it's just got real messy real quickly. I think if we you know, we spent a lot of the show talking about Jim Goodwin being under yeah. pressure because he's lost, you know, a, a game that Aberdeen shouldn't lose. Under no circumstances they shouldn't lose that game last night against Darvell. Although Darvell played very well, give him a lot of credit. So if you're talking about Jim Jim Goodwin being under pressure, we have to talk about Lee Johnson being mm. under pressure. If it's a results business, you know, as Stephen said there, you can't lose to your biggest rivals. Edinburgh Hearts, Hibs, we all know what a massive game that that is. You know, and just I thought they actually played quite well, but Hearts broke and scored some goals. So Hibs started Sh- well, Shanklin they? scored yeah. another fantastic goal, by the way. Yeah. When he played it in and he followed his pass and he volleyed it. What a goal that was. Um, so, yeah, I think Lee Johnson, if, you, if you're basing it on results, then he has to be under the same pressure as Jim Goodwin is under. Rangers fans been on the socials at Go Football Show. Eric is asking you, John, what about Lauren Shankland for Rangers? Why don't they sign him? Uh, because they've got Cholak coming back. Um, mm-hmm. They've got um, Morelos, who... I think I think they'll offer him a new contract because but, I don't think they get any money for him now. We might get a couple of million. What's he got? Six months left on his yeah, deal. Yeah. Five months left. Yep. Um, Shanklin is a is a is a fantastic striker. I think he's got goals uh, for heart. Um, yeah. You know, for Hearts. Um, you think he'd get goals in this Rangers lineup? Would he suit the play? I think, think? I think he could. Yep. I think he's got goals in any team. Yep. I, I really do. Um, I've said the big difference between going. From a Hearts or a Hibs or a or a Motherwell, is that when you play for Celtic and Rangers, you've got to be at it every game. Mm. You can't lose two or three games in a row like you can at Hearts and Hibs. You know uh, you still keep your place. Um, the fans don't really turn on you, but when you're at the big two, you can, you can't let the other team steal a march. They can't go five or six points clear. So when you're playing for, you know, a Man United, a Man City, you have to be at it. Every single week. If you're not, a draw is a disaster. A draw is unacceptable when you play for Celtic or Rangers. You have to win every single game. That's the only mental side of things that you have to adapt to when you step up in, into one of the, the, the top, top clubs. And do you think Lauren Shankland would have that capacity, Stephen, to play for Rangers? 
I don't doubt it. I mean, the amount of chances he's, he's a natural goal scorer yeah. right from his early days. He's a natural goal scorer. Where I do think it become a problem is he's such a key player for Hearts. I mean, Hearts aren't just going to. What would it cost to get for Rangers? To be talking maybe five, six million. Um, is that what you would? If you were running Hearts, would you be saying not? He has a five or six million. I would. I would. Yeah. I'd be one. I mean, Hearts aren't and Hearts. Hearts are a brilliantly yeah. uh, run club at the minute. Real good place they are. Um, I know the European campaign results wise didn't go great, but no. they've given themselves a brilliant platform to kick on with the uh, with the European runs in the future going to cement third place again they're competitive in every game they play um, and why would you want to just give away at Lorne Shankly you try and price him out of move to be honest because yeah. he, he's so, I, I he's so irreplaceable say, I would say Stephen if he's going to go down south you're looking at that type of money when was the last time a Scottish club paid another Scottish club, mm. club five or six billion but, for that, but that's what I mean they don't need the money so they they, they, they can't replace Lawrence Shankland no. I mean how long has it been since uh, John Robertson's 20 yeah. goal season so it's fact that they've, they've really struggled to replace John Robertson never mind Lawrence Shankland a reportedly offered 2.53 million pound for your brother he goes to Aston Villa what's he worth now 50, 60 million yeah indeed it's ridiculous mm-hmm. the, the, how they do these deals and how they negotiate the millions and millions of pounds between one Scottish club to another Scottish club. I know for a fact, Shanklin, if he went down to down south, yeah. he'd go for more money, he'd go for bigger wages, yeah. he'd go for a bigger fee to Hearts. If he went to a, another Scottish Premiership club, it would be half the price, mm-hmm. half the wages, because that, that's, that's the way it's run up here. The facts of life. Hearts have rejected a transfer bid for the talented Toby Sibick, an English Championship side. There's reports a six-figure fee... Um, it could be Blackpool now under Mick McCarthy. He scored a good one at the weekend, didn't he? Civic is uh, he's quite a player. Yeah. yeah, I mean, at times he's come under a bit of stick from the Hearts fans at yeah. times, but um, I mean, his goal, his goal was like mm. unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I think they were down to ten men at a time, and he looks so fast, and he, t- he takes a goal. Uh, he finishes it like a Lon Shankland, yeah. and it's a uh, it's a goal belong. What, what a moment for him as well to Aye. break yeah. the whole length of the pitch. Yeah, the Hearts fans are behind the goal. It's last minute. It's to make it 3-0. They are the moments you dream of. And you saw all the Hearts fans mm. go up at Easter Road. You know, the two-tier stand for yeah. the Hearts mm. fans in the cup. They get they get more, um, more obviously, sure. allocation. Yeah. And that is a moment he will, he will remember for the rest of his life. Kevin Nisbet, could he be on the way somewhere in Scotland? We'll talk that and more from Ange Postacoglu and Michael Beale next. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kenneth Head Road, Darnley. Let's go! Real Football Show, the Tuesday night edition. John Hartson on fire tonight. Legendary striker with us. And Stephen McGinn on top form. Stephen, you're in the news. You're up against Darville in a couple of weeks. I mean, it is interesting, John. Who's going to be... Who, is there more pressure on Falkirk or on Darville? Well, you'd you'd rather play a, a Darvel. Uh, all the pressures on Falkirk, you know. Falkirk have to win that game. You know, yeah. Darvel. People will think it's a one-off. I think for Mick Kennedy, the manager, he's got to show that it wasn't a one-off, mm-hmm. and that will be his advice to the players. Look, let's go and show that when we beat Aberdeen, it wasn't a one-off. We played well. We deserve to win. We have now got to reproduce a similar performance against Falkirk. Uh, we can't drop our levels. We've got to be at it. We've got to, you know, we've got to put in the effort, and I'm sure they will. Uh, but all all the pressures on Falkirk uh, to go and win that game because they what the you know they're, they're further up the divisions, um, 
and our young McGinn is sitting here and uh, yeah. I'm going to have to say I hope I hope Falkirk win although I love yeah. I love the underdog tag but you know Stephen's my pal he's my partner on the show and um, you know, I hope they go through Cheers John I'd love him to play up front for us that night as exactly. well <laughs> yeah, but it might cost you a few beer yeah. tickets yeah. <laughs> can I tell everyone we'll see you on the telly on Saturday can we mention that a soccer AM yeah, yeah soccer yeah. AM Brilliant, yeah. Going down Saturday. I've not been on it for years. I used yeah. to be quite regular, but um, so we're practicing here. Do you want to practice? Because they still take the wee penalties, <laughs> don't they? Yeah, oh, I don't know. I had a new replacement. I might struggle to go around the keeper. You know, <laughs> when they do that little goal thing. This weekend, the games ahead. After that, we'll watch John Saturday morning, as well as listening to the Go Radio show, of course, in the morning. Uh, Hibs against Aberdeen, maybe match of the weekend. Rangers against St. Johnson, played at the weekend in the Cup. Rangers have them at home. Ross County against Kilmarnock. The points needed by both teams. St. Mirren against Motherwell. You could say the same story. Saints wanting to be top six. Motherwell wanting to move up the division. And then Sunday, Livingston against Hearts and Dundee United against this is Scotland. <laughs> it's Celtic. It's, uh, it's going to be some weekend. Let's hear from both managers. Uh, Michael Beale. Um, transfers he didn't have much to say yesterday and of course we know Todd Cantwell is in and it could be Nicholas Raskin later today this is what he said yesterday we're definitely going to bring some players in and uh, and one or two might go the other way as well but there's nothing on that specifically today and also players leaving uh, young Charlie's obviously having a chat with Forest Green so there'll be some update on that other than that there's nothing else so uh, some will be going. We know that uh, the, the squad's going to be too big. Michael Beale wants to get his own players in now as well, as well as the the main part of the squad that he knows so well. Just some news coming in. Um, I was going to ask you about Kevin Nes, but we said that. But Millwall has been linked with a move. John hinted that he might be on the go soon. Stephen, would you be surprised if he goes down there? No, I mean, I, I was at Hibs at the time and he was very close to the Birmingham move. Um and obviously he's come back from his injury on fire, um, in good shape. He's worked really hard in his off time and he's come back and he's banged the goals in. So I'm not surprised the teams from England are starting to show a bit of interest. And um, they'll be probably with using the injury to get him in the cheap. And um, as I said, the, he, he was close to that move to Birmingham. I think he'll have impressed the same people that we have had a, an eye on before. So not surprised to see the link pop up. John, another, another good player, um, another good goal scorer, good movement, um, quick, lightning quick, um, and he's a threat. Every time he plays, he's a threat. He's been on a couple. He's been on the end of a couple of bad defeats, obviously uh, on the weekend. There won't be doing his confidence any any good. Um, but again, I think money talks. Money talks in the window. If Millwall come up with a with a reasonable fee, um, they've got the money down there in the championship. Um, you know, a lot, a lot will depend on. That. I don't think. I think he's out of Celtic's um, radar now because they've brought yeah. in. The, they, they're on the verge of signing Huengo, um, yeah. the twenty-one-year-old South Korean international, and uh, and and Jakimakis is still at the football club. And until he goes, then nobody can tell me any different. So, um, I'm not too sure whether whether Celtic will be in for him. Um, but no, I like him. I think he's a good player. But again. At this moment in time, when when Hibs are wanting to win games, you don't you don't want to let your your top goal scorer you know leave the club. Football Scotland is reporting it, but they're saying it's a, a million pounds valuation below what Hibs would want for him. So happens too often, doesn't it? Great Scottish players undervalued, 
uh, down south. What's his contract? There must be hardly anything on his contract for yeah, that. I'm not too sure, but it's it's, it's yeah. also getting to that state. I mean, Kevin has been very hard for Hibs to replace anyway, yeah. but we're getting very close to the end of January as well. So mm-hmm. you start to think if Hibs lose Kevin Nisbet and Ryan Portis in the last few days of the window, I mean, where do these replacements come? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, they can't just totally write off the season. It's mm-hmm. not going to plan, but there's still European places that well within their reach. So they need to they need to get themselves sorted out. Back at Rangers, we reported yesterday about Charlie McCann going down to Forest Green Rovers, three hundred and fifty thousand pounds. He had to move, really, didn't he, to get game time? And we wish him all the best down there. What's his name Charlie, another Charlie, Charlie Savage has gone there as well. Right. Robbie Savage's son. Ah, yeah. He's gone huh? there till the end of the season on loan from Manchester yeah. United. Two, that today. The two boys will be From there. Charlie's, yeah. Yeah. We heard it first. Ralph Hussen Toll is being mentioned as potentially the new Everton manager. Quick word on that before we go back to the big two here. John, well, could you see him? Done a good job for a couple of seasons at Southampton. Yeah. Uh, he was sacked. Nathan Jones has currently taken over. Massive game tonight for yeah. Southampton. First leg against Newcastle. Newcastle. They're, at, they're at St Mary's tonight. Mm. They'll want to get a good result to take up to uh, St James's Park, mm-hmm. of course, for the second leg. But no, I think um, Hassan Hootl, um, I think he's got experience. But there's a number, I think, Bielsa has been has been linked yeah. with it. Mm. I, think, I think if you're going to appoint a manager now from an Everton point of view, you've almost got to say to the managers, are you prepared to work in the Championship? Oof. Because there's, 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 no, there's no guarantees. Yeah. Yeah, I think the sure. run that they're on, yeah. um, is it going to be short-term? Mm-hmm. Will they go and give a manager a long-term? A lot of these guys will want long-term. Can't see yep. Bielsa signing for three mm. months unless they give him a king's ransom to keep them up. Yep. There'll be bonuses mm. and everything involved, but they've got they've got to ask that question because Everton may well go down. I, I, I just can't believe they haven't appointed Sean Dyche already. I think um, what he did at Burnley. I mean, Everton, massive club, um, hugely underachieving, but it's a bit of a mess, and it's looking like the long stay in the Premier Premiership might be over. The way things are going, and and, and I just think I've worked with Sean Dyche and. Absolutely brilliant manager. I mean, you're left with no excuses. He demands work, work, uh, your work rate, organisation. I think he's the one guy I think would, would keep them up. And that's what we need to do. Keep up again and, and sort things out off the pitch and, and get going again. And if he doesn't keep them up, he's got experience of bringing Burnley up from the Championship. Yeah, yeah. That's so that, well, that, yeah, that sure. could obviously work out. Good point. I don't know. Back here... Todd Cantwell is in the building so he swapped the the yellow and green of Norwich for the blue and white of Rangers and he spoke about his encounter with Michael Beale and how impressed he was with the Rangers manager. And yeah, you know, when I spoke to the manager, his incredible depth to his detail um, in such a short sort of first opening conversation really, really opened my eyes up to kind of what it was I was potentially signing up to. Obviously, as a player, you want that sort of clarity before you come up. Um, you don't want to come up as a winger and end up as a left-back. So, yeah, no, he, he's been pretty clear with with what he wants from me. Um, obviously, naturally, every manager wants a player that's going to work hard and give him 100%. So that's that's the, the bottom line, really. And why did he sign Rangers? You know, I've, I think I said yesterday, you know, I've always been been someone that wants to win and obviously it's embedded in Rangers to uh, to win games and, you know, it's something that I accept as a challenge and uh, exactly that, you know, the European opportunity is, is fantastic. You know, every player wants to play in those sort of competitions. So, yeah, I'm just looking forward to getting going. We see him just scoring on Sky there in the yellow of Norwich. Um, how's his fitness? Yeah, my fitness is good. Um, I'm lucky, really. I've got quite a good base fitness anyway and... Um, just because I haven't played does certainly not mean I haven't been working hard. So in terms of fitness-wise, I think I'm, I'm obviously not in the place I'd like to be because you know you can only get match fitness from playing games, right? So 
Um, I'll, I'll take a little bit of getting up to speed, but in terms of base fitness, I think I'm in a good place. So from Alan Partridge land, Stephen, he comes to two doors down. So he'll enjoy Grado and the others. It's just so different. Did you yeah. ever watch the Alan Partridge? No. No, oh, you no, didn't, I right? Okay. I thought that one went a wee bit over your head there. <laughs> just a bit like the ball the other day in that, <laughs> the game. I saw the highlights. No, you had a good game. All right, just leave that one, James, for the, for the edit. I have to say, Grado's on fire. Uh, on the breakfast show, I heard him on, obviously, he and Crofty this morning uh, with Matt Goss. Yeah, he's Ross. a great listener at the minute. Yeah, he's on, yeah, on fire, as you they say. Both are. Yeah, um, yeah Todd, Todd Gant, Cantwell, it's, it's a chance for him to come up to a huge football club and get his career going. Um, huge competition in that area. I mean, Tillman, Kent, Tom Lawrence is coming back, so he's not guaranteed uh, a start, but it's, it's uh, what a move it is for him. And John yeah, at your old you, club. You've you got to look yep. at Lundstrom, Arfield, Kamara. They, yep. they, they've, got a, they've got a clucks of midfield players, haven't they? Yeah, indeed. I know we'll have the backing of his manager because you've signed him, but you've got to get in the team. It's yeah. a challenge. You've got to play well. You also just wonder, I mean, there's always been the rumours of Glenn Kamara going. Is there maybe one going out with two coming in this month? He, I mean, there's still seven days to go, as we said, so... They are uh, midfield heavy now. And just been speaking about Juranovic and saying what a great player he's been, what a great signing, what a great piece of business. Two, two and a half million has turned into seven and a half, up to ten million. But what about Alistair Johnson? And interesting here as well about Tony Ralston. If Alistair you know, outperforms, um, you know, um, what Josip did, he set a high bar, but it's not just Alistair. It's, you know, I, I'm, I, you know, I, think, I think the world of Anthony Ralston, he's still a young man, you know, he's... Unfortunately, he's been injured lately, but, you know, he's he's another one. You know, we, we're, when, when I put the team together 18 months ago, I, I kind of knew that there had to be a smattering of different age groups within their different experience. And the guys who, like Josip and, and Jacko, to a certain extent, you know, we needed some some men in the building, you know, apart from the obvious, like, you know, Joe Hart and, and a couple of others. But, you know, so guys like that, you know, really fulfilled what we needed to do to get back to where we wanted to be in a short space of time. But, you know, underpinning that is, like I said, there's guys like Tony who, you know, who's, you know, 22, 23, and I think has got a fantastic career ahead of him as a fullback for us. So, and, and Alistair's, you know, 24. So, you know, with both of them there, um, it gives us an opportunity, like I said, for growth and improvement. Um, but like I said, you know, you also set the bar high, so there's the challenge for these guys now. John, what a boost there for Tony Rolson. Yeah, well, he was brilliant last season, wasn't he? Um, Celtic won the league. He was pivotal. Scored some really big goals at crucial times for Celtic. I think he's put his trust in Alistair Johnson to come in, the Canadian international, and perform. What I've seen so far has been very good. He gets up and down. He's very strong in the tackle. He's good on the back post as well when the ball comes in from the opposite side. Um, and, you know, he's decided to let Juranovic go. He says he's he goes with his blessing. He's... He's been a fantastic player for Celtic. You know, he's raised a bar for these other two um, two right-backs that Celtic have. And as I said earlier on, I think um, he was the most saleable asset mm. out of the three. And um, I don't think Celtic really needed three full-backs at the football club, especially bringing in Alistair Johnson, who'd done so well at the World Cup. with Canada, I think they lost two and drew one, yeah. but his performances were very good. Can you believe the tours have come and gone? Stephen, who do you have this weekend? Edinburgh, away from home. Right, so, okay. yeah, big game at the top of our league. Yeah, your second top going into it, aren't you? So, good luck this weekend. See Thanks you Bob. next week. John, see you on the weekend yes. on Soccer AM. Yeah, playing on, on Sky. Friday, Saturday morning, nice and early. And then yeah. you'll be back here on the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors next week as well. Brilliant.
John, Stephen, thanks so much. And thanks to Mick, who joined us earlier on, Mick Kennedy, and to all our callers tonight. News is next, and then Jokal Day. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kennishead Road, Darnley. Let's go! There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton.